So Carryhow has been in the learning and training and talent development space for the last eight or nine years. She's worked for Zappos, Amazon, Hulu, and now Drift, building out effective programs to help give employees the tools and resources they need to be successful. Uh, I was super pumped to do this podcast, so I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. I wanted to have Carrie on the podcast because of how many great things came to her by the fact that she said yes to them. She never imagined a career like this, but it came up as an opportunity when she was at Zappos. And after she built out that team and training program, Zappos was soon acquired by Amazon. Uh, every company along the way, she said yes to an opportunity that had no clear path uh, per se. And it wasn't the golden ticket to her big moment, but that she saw an opportunity to learn and uh, to make an impact doing something she might not have had experience in. So if you look at my career progression and these companies I've been able to work for and these roles that I've taken on, there was never a time that I wasn't 100% responsible for that. So yes, people came to me with opportunities, but then I had to figure out like, am I qualified for this role? Yes or no. If I am, here's all the reasons why. I still had to go in an interview for every single one of those roles. I had to go do informational interviews to find out about that part of the business I was going to move into. So taking full ownership of it and taking it on as yours, not as waiting for your manager, waiting for somebody else. So I think ownership is a huge thing. And then I think the second thing, and this is just like my kind of my personal opinion on it, is that there's no right answer or there's no arrival point. And I think that that's a very much true for the the workforce or like just the generation that's coming to the workforce now is there's no and now I'm in this role and I'm going to be in this role or in this field for the next 20 years and so there's no right answer so be willing to explore and learn new things um, I've been in kind of all different kinds of roles in this space and I've worked for operations and I've worked for HR and I've been in different industries and and there's no like arrival point. So being comfortable with changing it up, being comfortable with saying, you know what, I'm going to take a lateral move because I want to go learn a whole new industry. Or, you know, I think it's just, there's no like one magic path or one right answer or one formula. It's just maybe flexibility and like being okay with getting it wrong. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have time. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, you know, I, um, like I, you know, I changed roles at Amazon and I got out of the leadership development space and I, I went and did, you know, stuff more related to like functional operational training. And that was awesome. Like I said yes to that. And I had never done that before. And it's, it's great experience that I have. And I got to do a lot of really cool things. I didn't go end up like growing my career in that kind of space. You know, I didn't move into operations. I'm not, I'm not in that space, but but I have awesome exposure, you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times people worry so much about this like path, like what's my career path? And, it, you know, it, maybe there's not a path. Maybe there's just like a bunch of trails you can walk around and like learn stuff along the way. I don't know. And so as someone who has gone through tons of onboarding programs and training for various companies, I was really interested in what Carrie said, uh, what the recipe was for the most effective one. I think a lot in the learning and development space, um, people will, you know, they'll, say things like, you know, what are your, what are your best practices or what resource do you lean on? And I've really found that it really comes back to the basics. So um, I think it's like one of the fundamentals that I always try and think about and that I've seen consistently is that your, any of your solutions that you're building out as a learning development professional, I've always found that they have to tie back to the business in some way. So a lot of times we'll think of this as like an add-on, like this is an add-on, like it's a nice to have, like, oh, let's do some skill development. And versus like we're doing something that fundamentally is is required for the business to be successful or for this team to hit their metrics or for us to be able to grow at the pace we need to grow at. And so always being able to like attach it to the business and not um, 
in terms of like a business result or a business priority and not have it be like an add-on. That's kind of how I like to think about it. And then I think the other thing, you really have to use other people to you ask, ask like, how do you execute on programs? And so you really have to use the talents of other people in the organization. So if I were to like, if you're to look at all those companies I've worked for, Zappos, Amazon, Hulu, now Drift, you know, in terms of like overall, how much time I'm spending, you know, executing, facilitating training out there, like I'm probably doing 50% of it and other people in the organization are doing 50% with me. And that's because you need folks that are boots on the ground in the roles, know the real life scenarios um, to really be a part of building that solution with you. So that's been a kind of a consistent theme also. And going one step deeper, I was interested in what success looks like from an employee standpoint. How do I know that when I take a program, I've kind of come out the other side uh, successful and that I've been able to learn what, you know, you as the company or the onboarding uh, manager want me to get out of this program? So it really comes down to two things, according to Carrie, ownership and open-mindedness, putting your ego aside and being willing to learn something you thought you knew before uh, or didn't need help with and realizing that it might just be the thing that helps you see something from a different perspective. Obviously, as a training professional, I think that how the program is structured and the quality of the program and effectiveness, all that is super important. But I think that I should also be thinking about as I'm building programs is how do I instill ownership in the learner? So what I mean by that is the types of people that have come out of an onboarding program or come out of like a leadership development intensive and really seen growth and seen change in their role and is people that have taken on the learning and have been willing to like roll up their sleeves and get dirty with it. And also people that are willing to apply it right away and take it back to their job. And so, you know, I was doing X before and then I went through this training and I realized, or I went through this program. Like I think about, I think about this leadership development program that we did at Amazon and we would have leaders come through it at like their six month mark. And they might've had a certain way of operating or thinking about leadership at Amazon before that. And then they went through this kind of intensive week long program. And then on the other side, the people that were most successful is the people that took that as an opportunity to, um, you know, really take everything that they could from it and be willing to like overhaul anything that they thought. So I thought this was working before. It turns out it's not. I have all this new useful information now, useful examples. I'm going to take that back with me. So it goes back to that ownership piece. I think that that's huge. And I like, if I were to coach anybody on like career stuff or how to think about like, you know, progression or just growth in general, you have to own that. You can't make anybody else responsible for that. Um, so I think that that's, that's a huge thing. And Carrie thinks that the best brands do onboarding really well. That's the secret sauce. It's a day one thing, and it's super important to bring people into the company the right way. That's what she's seen adrift and why she thinks they've been able to grow so fast. It comes down to why you do what you do. I know at Drift, we talk a lot about this idea of like letting your ego go, right? Like, like you have to be willing to let your ego go and come in with your experience and the things that you know, but also be willing to set that aside when needed, right? Like we obviously hired you because we think you're capable and you have a great background, but um you know, you have to be willing to kind of set that ego aside. So I think, and that's something that's talked about, you know, across our leadership team, but it's also talked about consistently in the organization. So I think that um, definitely from the top. And then I think you also have to think about how are we making this a part of the expectation from the very beginning. So when I think about culture, I just think about the importance of onboarding, which is obviously in my space. And how are we from the very beginning saying, hey, welcome, you know, welcome to the team, welcome to our company, here's how we think about things here. And we think about your learning this way. And we think about how you're going to, you know, show up and, and 
continually have a growth mindset this way and like setting it from the beginning, they won't know any different. They'll just be like, okay, that sounds great. Um, so I think it's really important how you bring people into the company. Um, and in terms of fostering that culture of, of ownership, um, and also of open-mindedness, which I like that, that term. Um, I also think you have to, you know, I think the other thing is you really have to, a lot of times with culture, it'll be like, Oh, do this thing you know, like, oh, you need to have ownership. Well, why do I need to have ownership? <laughs> so explaining like this concept of how does this help move our business forward? Anytime I've, I've done teaching around like core values or um, any like core values that an organization has, I've always uh, made sure that it's an important part of the discussion of like how this actually helps us get better as a business. So an example, you know, like at Amazon, um, we had a core value or a leadership principle of frugality. And it wasn't just like, be cheap to be cheap. It was like, we believe in being really intentional with spend because we're ultimately concerned about the customer and we want to spend all of our money there. And it was like, Oh, okay. Got it. You know what I mean? Like at drift, we talk a lot about, um, bias for action and delivering results every single day. And the reason for that, when we talk about it is because, um, we really think it's super important every single day to be clear on what results you're going to deliver that day because we we have no other option but to build fast and grow fast. It's just, it's the ride we're on. And so I think anytime you're thinking about these things that you want to instill in everybody, you always have to talk about like, why the heck are we doing it? And how is it helping us move forward as a business? Not just because I said so. And I'll keep my vocal interlude here down to a minimum, but I thought it was really interesting to ask some of the lessons that Carrie's learned along the way. People ask me this a lot too, and I wish I had some magical answer. I think my answer is like I just figured it out. <laughs> I was really good at, I was really good at problem solving, and I was I, I guess if I were to like distill it down to the lessons, it would be like most most positions, and this is not true across the board, but like most things, if you have some fundamental like basic problem solving skills, you can, you can figure it out. You can figure out how to pull resources together and, and get it done. Um, so I think just leaning on on the strengths that I knew I had. And I would say the second thing is don't be afraid to try things and just see what works and doesn't work. And so the first time I'm building, you know, an onboarding program, like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So I'm going to do it once and then be like, well, that worked or that didn't work or everybody was really confused about that part. So just try stuff and learn. I call it learn by doing. Um, I think it's the best teacher versus, you know, sitting and, and um trying to absorb everything potentially like just through, you know, an information dump, um, which is also a side note, how I build a lot of my training. It needs to be experiential and learn by doing. But, um, and then I'd say, I'd say the third thing is like, be willing to ask for resources where you need them. So I was really fortunate at the time Zappos was, was pretty willing to invest a lot in our development as a training team. So it was myself and another trainer who came over. And so we connected to different resources like ATD, Associ- Association of Talent Development, um, going through different trainings and things like that to beef up our skills. So ask for things that you need. And that may that may require like spending money, but it also just may be tapping into the mentors of the network, um, you know, of, of the people that you work with. So I think we can all agree that onboarding and training kind of gets a bad rep. You sit in a classroom, you look at a PowerPoint presentation, it's something that you're required to do before you can start your job. Uh, And while you're at a company that offers this stuff ongoing, uh, it's not really incentivized as well as it should be. And I think what's really interesting about the conversation Carrie and I had in this podcast is that she thinks that we need to totally change how we think about training. 
And how do we fix it? And the mindset of actually being excited about personal development. Listen, here's the deal. I'm a trainer and I work in training. And most people, when you say training, everybody goes, oh gosh, like, (laughs) because it's just, we've all sat through that training. That's really boring. Death by PowerPoint slides. Um, And it's not effective. You know, there's different, different, um, like things you can look at in terms of research, like what's the most, you know, the highest retention rate is through more interactive training and, and things like that. But so there's, there's proof out there and, and data and all that stuff. But I think it's just think about your own experience. You know, when have you learned the most? When have you really um, walked away from something going, man, I, I have a new insight now, or I have information or perspective or examples that I didn't have before. Chances are it was a conversation um, or you were hands-on doing something. So thinking about how to build content and build training experiences, not to say they can't happen in a classroom or something more formal like that, but thinking about how to build them um, more experientially and more hands-on. So like something we just started trying here at Drift is this idea of conversational onboarding, because we always talk about, um, you know, conversational marketing and in, in the space that we're in. Um, and like onboarding should be a conversation with new hires and anybody that gets in a, in a room with them and goes through training, Uh, We have lots of different modules that new hires go through. Think about um, how to build that content. We've built the content around leading a discussion and asking questions and making it interactive. And so that's one example. Um, I think another example is um, in terms of just like experiential and hands-on is thinking of how to have the learning happen on the job. So, um, you know, how do you think about having training happening hands-on real time, you know, in the role. So that can be through structured like mentorship. Um, you know, like I've done a couple different programs that are like buddy system programs, um, different things like that, where the person that's new into the role is getting some side-by-side kind of coaching and walkthrough as they, you know, set up their systems or they do a process for the first time, or they, um, do a, you know, a call for the first time or whatever it is that they're doing in their role. So, um, I think things like that. I wanted to finish with a story Carrie told me about not knowing all the answers and faking it till you make it because I think it it was super interesting to hear about the Amazon environment and how they build effective leaders. And I also think that it's really interesting to hear from someone who's a seasoned professional kind of what that process was to identify something new that they didn't have any experience in and then actually being able to build a program that was effective for one of the biggest brands in the world. We had this, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, but this leadership development program that happened for new leaders about halfway through their first year at Amazon. And it was like a deep dive into leadership at Amazon, deep dive into the business. And um, there was really an opportunity to, um, there, there was a need around like new leaders at Amazon are struggling with what it means to be a leader at Amazon. Like we say leadership at Amazon, but like, what does that mean day in, day out, like brass tacks? How do I actually do it? And so it was like, we need to figure out how to teach them this in this training. And I'm okay. Like that's, you know, I I had no idea what I was doing. This idea came up of like, we should do a simulation and we should run them through like an intensive simulation so we can, in like a classroom environment, simulate, you know, the Amazon environment and have them have to make choices and decisions and, and trade-offs and all these things. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. How the heck do we do that? So no idea, no idea how to build something like that. No idea how to measure effectiveness of something like that. No idea how to think about even the idea of teaching. I mean, teaching leadership and from a cultural setting, like 
this is how Amazon defines leadership. It's it's a little it's softer on the edges, right? So how do you how do you really distill that down and 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 build something that's going to be effective? So that that one probably comes to mind because it was the most challenging, but it was also the most fun. Like it was just it was so much fun. We we built uh, myself and another another content designer built that simulation and and that solution in about about six weeks, and that was. I look back on my career, that was some of the funnest six weeks. All right, guys, that is it for me. Uh, we've kind of got into a little bit of a, a stretch here of really good episodes and guests. So I hope everybody has been enjoying them so far. So again, if you could subscribe, uh, leave a review, shoot me an email. I will put my email in the description. What you liked about this episode, what you want to see more of. Uh, this is definitely an open dialogue kind of show. So I want to make sure that we're putting out the best content for you to learn as much as you can. So until next time. I'll see you soon.